Welcome to this week's edition of the Better Rivals Podcast. My name is Oscar Aparicio, and this week, the 49ers take one more step towards the playoffs, the win over the Houston Texans, but they get no help. So the playoffs for the 49ers effectively start now. And with me this week, taking off his shirt and running all over Max Verstappen's home turf, it's David Newman. Yeah, yeah, we did. I mean, yeah, it was did. definitely not shirtless because it was fucking cold out there. But uh, yeah, hey, we, we, uh, we were just we were, like the F1 drivers is what they just like us. the F1 drivers. We ran a race today uh, in Austin. There is uh, there are two things. One, a race called the Deck Challenge and two. Um, it was a, a, a racing track at Coda, Circuit of the Americas, and the race was at Coda. So we got to run 10.2 miles uh, on this track, and they sold this initial 150 meter or 150 uh, foot hill or whatever at the very beginning. Like it's yeah. a feature, like you get to do it just like the F1 racers, and it's like, but we don't have car engines. I was just so. saying, yeah, they're driving. All right, they didn't even <laughs> notice that fucking hill. Yeah, uh, we definitely noticed the hill, but yeah, we uh, we finished the race. It was lots of fun. Uh, fun was had by all, but we did not do it shirtless because it was twenty nine degrees um, at <laughs> at the time the race it was, started. It was windy, man. That the wind was the worst part. The temperature is like whatever, right? Like as long as you're you're dressed somewhat reasonably, once you get going, it's fine. MBD. But that wind, man, fucking yeah, sucks. It did. It was bad. It was be bad. Uh, but all right, the, the Niners, though, seem to have much less trouble with the Texans, at least in the second half, than we had with this race. Because the first half of the game was dicey. Uh, I mean, in the pre-show or in the, in the, the preview to, to the game, David, I said, you know, why am I worried? And the first half was exactly why. Because I thought that this team might just go out there and and play the way that they did, like a little timid, a little tight. Trey Lance, we'll get to him in, in kind of detail in a little bit, but... Man, at least for the first half, it was, um, you know, it was sphincters were tight. That first like 20, what, 21, 22 minutes of the game yeah. was legitimately some of the worst football that I can remember watching in quite some time. Like both it was just awful. Like that yeah. first quarter especially was just terrible. And so, yeah, I'm glad, uh, you know, on, on one side of the ball, that was to be expected, right? We we knew, like you said, as much as you want to talk about the Texans and what may be like, uh, you know, going better for them lately or whatever, like this is still ultimately one of the worst teams in football. And and you need to go out there and handle business like they're one of the worst teams in football. And, and obviously, I think the defense largely did that, which we'll get to. And it was just took a little bit for the 49ers offense to get going but but ultimately we landed yeah where we expected coming into this this was Trey Lance's first start since the beginning of the season it's been two months and in one word how would you describe Trey Lance's performance in this game against the Houston Texans the trick question um <laughs> just give me one word we'll talk about the other fine. stuff later just give fine it was fine fine yeah I'd say it was expected. uh yeah, for for me it was uh, shaky, but still better I think than it was earlier in the year, and and not much better, but better. Right? You, he he didn't look as uncomfortable back there. He still looked uncomfortable at times, um, and there were lots of things that you know we're gonna get to a, a bit of it. But I I could see incremental improvement. The problem is we're at the end of the year, and like incremental improvement at this point is is its own thing. But. Um, you can tell what Shanahan thinks about Lance through the game plan that he called. And it was still a very conservative game plan. It was a very conservative game plan with fewer design runs. You had a couple of the zone read runs and a couple of those things early in the game. They went away from them later in the game. 
but it was really like run, play action underneath, run, play action, shot play. And and that was really the offense early on, and, and it wasn't effective. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, it, we, we talked about last week being kind of the, the full Jimmy G experience, and, and you kind of got a little taste of everything that he's been, right, like in his time here. And I, I, I kind of felt the same way about this Trey Lance game, and that um, at least as, as far as what we've seen from him on the NFL level, we got kind of all of that, right? There were um, obviously some positive things. He did, uh, you know, had a couple nice plays where he was able to extend with his legs, find somebody, uh, you know, for a play downfield um, once he kind of got out of structure and got out of the pocket. Um, obviously hit on on a few downfield throws that, you know, the big play action shot to Debo, obviously there being uh, probably the most notable of them. But then also... The inaccuracy was was certainly there. You know, we had some shaky decision making and um, a, a few bo- balls that were kind of put in harm's way. And the other thing, and this is kind of the the thing that I I think has been unfortunate so far and and more unexpected in terms of his transition to the league. Very uninspiring as a runner. Like honestly, just like I understand at this point why there weren't as many designed runs. Right, like. He just doesn't look, he doesn't look decisive. He doesn't honestly look very explosive. Like there's just not a lot there when he turns to kind of run. Like it's obviously enough to, um, in the past game to like get out of the pocket and, and do some things to extend there. But in terms of like creating bigger plays with his legs, we just haven't seen that from him. And I think that was, was true on this one as well. And, and Houston really expected this kind of a game plan from the 49ers because they played the 49ers how really any team should play the 49ers when they especially when they have Lance and that's with a heavy box. And and typically you would say, okay, then the Niners are going to have some play action or some shot plays that take advantage of that. But their secondary early on had some nice plays. The the first play where Lance puts the ball in harm's way, it, it's leak, right? It's it's one of Shanahan's staple plays. It's where you've got the tight end coming across the field after play action. He's running out the sideline. And and Desmond King is just getting depth and getting depth. And he makes a really good play on a ball that really shouldn't have been thrown. It would have been he could have completed it, but it would have been a really, really difficult throw where he would have needed to get it like over a sinking Desmond King that was, you know, what, 15, 17 yards downfield um, and and into the uh, into George Kittle's hands. And so it was it would have been a really, really tough throw, but he, he didn't need to make that throw. Right. I, and I will say, like, I do think there's a little bit of him. Uh, you know, the the not being able to take enough off of it thing. Like an, another reason why that was a pick is it was on a fucking line. Like he, yeah. it's a bullet, right? There's no lift on that throw, and and so he just doesn't have a chance. Like yeah, I I think it definitely wasn't. That's one of those plays that's like you're you're designing it hoping for a bust right like you're you're expecting a wide open throw and so when it's not that you probably need to look away right it just kind of should feel off and like okay let me hit my check down here or go elsewhere um but even then if you're gonna make that throw like i do think there was a window behind but you have you need touch right you need touch to get it up over the top yeah and and he just doesn't have that and so i think we we saw that on on a number of throws but it was definitely uh that stood out to me watching that one yeah and and i think the offense sputtering was really really like it it was more angering to me because this is a defense that we talked about in the preview wasn't very good this is a team that had a lot of score in 22 straight quarters and the 49ers only managed the field goal at the end of the second quarter. Um, but once you get into the second half, it seemed like 
the offense seemed to click. And, and there were a couple of situations where I feel like Lance was able to make some stuff happen. Um, one is when he was on the move. When he kind of like, he, he was a little jittery in the pocket. This is when they, back, when they were backed up in their own goal line or against their own goal line. And he looks to the left. He sees that something is covered up. He kind of like almost goes to run that way, realizes, oh no, I shouldn't do that. Come back the other way and ends up hitting uh, a receiver on the other side um, where he could have just stayed in the pocket and done it. But on the move, was able to get the ball to the right place. It seemed like that's where he felt a little bit more comfortable. Um, and then you have some of the quick game stuff at the end of the half. And this is where really the game seemed to turn around when they got that field goal ending the first half, which kind of turned the game around, really, because if they don't get that, that touchdown all of a sudden ties the game. When they were up by three points because of the performance of the defense, it felt like the Niners had some breathing room at that point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think like the the good stuff from him definitely seemed to come, um, you know, a little bit on the move and then also just like on the throws where where he could let it rip right right away right like the first read type stuff being available because a lot of times on you know the the uh stuff where he has to improvise a little bit sometimes it's it was on him a little bit too right sometimes it was like oh i had somebody open on that first look but i wasn't quite comfortable with it and i kind of hesitated and waited too long and so now like i mean that's kind of one of the positive things right what what for a lot of quarterbacks is going to end there and be a negative play He's able to get out of it, create, and, and end up finding somebody, uh, you know, outside of structure. But it is something that you would like to see, I think, him get a little bit better at. But when he does have the opportunity to kind of just let it rip and use that arm strength, right? Like, I, I think of uh, the throw to Ayuk up the seam on that two-minute drive, right? The final uh, drive there in the first half um, was great. And he just has that nice, clean window to be able to throw into, can do it in rhythm. Um, and, and I think that's kind of one thing too, that it, it did look the pet from at least a targeted throws perspective. It was very different than a Jimmy Garoppolo led offense, right? Like it was down yeah. the field. I mean, he only, so of his 16 completions, only seven of those were completed to receivers under 10 yards. His average depth of target was over 13 yards in this game. So he was pushing the ball downfield. We saw even, I mean, and, and this is why it's just like so frustrating when you can't even get a, a guy that will just throw it up a couple times a game. Like there's really no reason almost any offense in the NFL shouldn't be taking at least a few chances downfield because sometimes you get, yeah, you get the Debo play, right? Which is, you know, a good throw. He takes advantage of a, a corner that gets a little bit lost and isn't able to help on that route. Um, and, and finds it, but then you also get plays like the, the pass interference, right? If you can just get it to a deep receiver, there's a lot of bad secondary play in this league. Like guys aren't great with the ball in the air. So if you can get it close to where it's a catchable situation, um, at least enough to where, you know, the, the, the flag can still come out there. If you do get pass interference, like it's, it's easy, positive plays for your offense. Right. So I think that's the type of stuff we saw him willing to do. Even the, the one at the end of the half that he just takes the shot to Ayuk right in the end zone. Like, I don't know if Jimmy makes that throw and like, look, nothing came of it, but Hey, you don't, you don't know unless you like take that shot. Right. And you just let your guys try to make a play and see what happens. And that was, that was at the end of the half again. And that was a, that was a pretty good throw. I mean, that throw, he gets it into a place where only Ayuk is going to get it. And Ayuk gets a hand on it. And honestly, if Ayuk weren't being interfered with, which he was, he was getting his hand grabbed. Uh, that's that's probably a touchdown, and yep. and the ref was staring right at it. And it's so funny because the ref the, the ref absolutely got lobbied and throwing a flag later on in the game uh, for the 49ers. And that's this that but that's the other reason that you throw the ball up too is that 
you know, the refs are going to be susceptible to being lobbied. There are such things as makeup calls. Those things happen, right? And so you got to take some of those shots. Um, but at the end of the half, things really begin to click for Lance. Um, he hit a concept that he likes to hit because, again, he can kind of hit the back of his drop and throw it really hard. Uh, and that's that, that line concept, the double slants. Um, he hit Debo on that before he hit the seam ball to Ayuk. And then in the second half, he finally hit one of the shot plays. And it's a shot play that he's super familiar with. It's that post cross that Shanahan calls hiccup. It's the same play that he hit in the preseason uh, for his first touchdown. I don't know if it was his first touchdown, but it was it was that same play action shot. Um, and and yeah, I mean, it was good. He was able to just kind of see it. He had protection. He let it rip. He put it right on Debo. And then Debo did, you know, he put on his dad strength. He's like, I'm a dad now. I'm strong. This is what I do. I break tackles and, and I get through and I score a touchdown. So it was, I think, and that's why I say I think there's there's like incremental growth. Those increments are little. Um, but I do think he looked and there were still times where Lance seemed a little kind of all over the place, but it didn't seem like he was as um, dazed as it was early on this season. Yeah, I, I think incremental improvement is is a, a good way to put it. I mean, there were definitely still those moments, um, especially early on, I think. Right. Like then there were certainly times where he didn't look comfortable with what he was seeing and that was what kind of led to the scramble plays and, and again you did see some inaccuracy stuff you missed Debo uh on the move right had him downfield for what could have been a big play there uh really missed like a, a pretty inexcusable one right at the very end there when they're trying to throw that bubble the down pass. the red zone yeah to to Debo and you get a, a shot from Shanahan on the sidelines reacting to it just like what the fuck uh so yeah like they're the 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 stuff was still there on on the other end of the spectrum too but i think this is you know what we expected from him especially in this first year right it was always going to be a little bit of a roller coaster the abilities there you're you're just going to hope that the the big plays that they can generate and the extra shots that they're going to take down the field can kind of offset some of the the gimmies that you're going to give up because of you know some some inaccuracy that he's going to deal with yeah, and, and post-game, someone asked if Jimmy Garoppolo needed to be 100% to play next week against the Rams, and Kyle Shanahan said, nope. Um, and that makes sense. That yep. makes sense because while I think that there are some things that Lance brings to the table, and we saw them in this game, the the argument, at least from us, was never that Lance was going to be the better quarterback right away, day one, if you plop him in there with you know a game and a half or two starts. It's that you are probably going to lose more games. Things are going to look shakier with Lance at the helm but those snaps, that experience is going to set you up better for year two. And that's kind of the, the future of Lance and Shanahan is what's important. But, you know, right now, I think it is it's pretty clear that Jimmy Garoppolo is the better thrower of the football. We'll see if that holds true when, you know, old Jimmy Nine Fingers or Jimmy Four Fingers, you know, depending on on what we said. Look, we here. only care about that that throwing hand. All right. right. The other ones <laughs> can go fuck off. That's 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 actually pretty true. So yeah, we'll go with four fingers, um, and and we'll see what happens if if he actually gets gets healthy enough to throw. Although, I mean, surgery after the season apparently um, it doesn't it doesn't look great for 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 Jimmy Garoppolo. So we'll see what happens. And we're gonna get to the defense's performance, but before we do that, we're gonna take just a brief break to hear from our sponsors because this week's pod is brought to you by TickPick. Forty Nine ers football is finally back, at least for maybe one or two more weeks. And there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet for 49ers tickets anymore. That's because TickPick, that's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K, is the original no-fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need is your go-to for all NFL tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that the other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices on all of their NFL tickets. 
If you don't believe it, and you can find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. The final week is here. It's week 18. And if you haven't been a part of a 49ers faithful takeover of an opposing team stadium, now is your chance. Help make this a home game for the 49ers in a stadium where you don't have to slather sunblock all over your body or risk skin cancer to watch your favorite team because they're going to be playing in LA. I hear that stadium is very, very pretty. You know, they, they took account of the sun. You know, novel, novel idea. Uh, but you can get your tickets on TickPick. And if you visit TickPick.com slash Rivals today, you can save $10 on your first order of 49ers tickets. That's TickPick.com slash Rivals. There is a mystery, though, in the NFL, and it's whatever D'Amico Ryans does to make teams fearful of spamming these cornerbacks early and often. I don't know what the answer is, but whatever he has done to make offensive play callers afraid of just throwing at our corners over and over and over again makes him a coach of the year candidate. <laughs> like it is that important. It is that like I don't know how he does it, but it is masterful. I don't know. He's got dirt on all these guys. Apparently, he's like, I know your secrets, and and look, I'm saying I need until late third quarter before you start trying this shit. And they just get they get desperate, or they or, and then they're finally like, fine, do it. And all of a sudden, it's like flag, play, like flag pass interference, flag pass interference. Oh, big long completion. Like, and yeah. one of those those completions to Brandon Cooks, the fact that it was a holding call. I like, I mean, Ambry Thomas interfered with Brandon Cooks, and he still caught it. <laughs> It was both a testament to the accuracy of the pass, because I think Davis Mills put it on him, but also just Brandon Cooks being good and that holding call like, oh, man, it absolutely saved the 49ers. But why that isn't just an absolute feature of whatever game plan you've got against the Niners early and often repeatedly is just beyond me. Yeah, I, I don't understand why you're not coming out and doing it. And like, look, obviously, every throw uh can't be deep down the field though like shit you maybe you consider it if you're the texans right like what else you got going for your offense but uh no i mean realistically obviously you're you're not going to get teams that are willing to take those kind of shots um very often but but obviously the the corners are a weak spot right now and and this outside if you can get those one-on-one matchups which isn't i don't think terribly difficult to do against this defense i don't know why you're not doing it at least once a quarter twice maybe i would i would really love to do it twice a quarter like uh i i mean it doesn't i'm hitting seem the slot fade i'm yeah. hitting the slot fade like at least on second down maybe every second down uh and and i'm going i mean slot fade down the sideline and and they hit a slot fade against the against defense K- i mean that's the other thing too right like that's you i i feel like you have so many options to attack this defense outside down the field like it's not only the outside guys i mean k1 is is obviously uh, overall a very good player and there's a lot of things that he does well within this defense but cover guys deep down the field is not one of them and and when you know on some of these third down situations especially kind of third and medium and shorter they're gonna go cover one and, and it's gonna be man coverage and if you're willing to move your guys around like they did like you put your best player in the slot like the the 49ers and how they're gonna match up man coverage wise they're not gonna play around too much with they're going to make sure you get you know largely corners on receivers you don't end up with like a linebacker on uh on a wide receiver or anything like that but in terms of bumping you know they're not going to put for instance ambry thomas in the slot and bump k1 out wide to shuffle those receiver matchups and so uh yeah i think you can get k1 deep down the field you know when you you get some of those slot fade situations and then obviously yeah the, the outside guys are what they are um, and it's just, it's wild. It's wild how long it takes these offenses 
to take those shots. But hey, we'll we'll continue to take it. Yeah, they continued to try to run the ball with Rex Burkhead, and and it did not it did not work. It was playing right into the 49ers' hands. Really, it's like shorten the game, and then once the 49ers got up, there was just not enough time for the Texans to get back into it. And, and despite all of that, the 49ers' defense still did exactly what they were expected to do. the The Texans only mustered seven points, three point six yards per play. They had a negative EPA per play overall. Basically, their offense was was really good for the Niners defense. Uh, and, and they didn't do much of note outside of the one touchdown drive, which was powered by some of those deep shots. And, and it just wasn't, I mean, this is not a good offense and this defense clamped down where they needed to. Um, and, and Davis Mills, I think had some, some good throws, but we talked about Davis's mill Davis Mills propensity to have turnover worthy throws. And he had a couple of them in this game too. Yep. Um, I mean, obviously, the the big one that they ended up um, being able to take advantage of was the Marcel Harris interception. Just uh, an unbelievable throw to the middle of the field, just completely blind to what's going on. Like Marcel Harris is just sitting like it's not even that great of a play. Like Marcel Harris doesn't have to do anything. He's just sitting there. And it's just like, oh, shit, you're going to throw this like for real. And <laughs> and it's just like he steps right in front and, and it's like the easiest interception of his career. Um, and, and I mean, the other one was, you know, could have been a pick six from Andrew Thomas. I mean, it looked like he was squatting over there is going to have, is going to be one of those where they're playing at least two to that side. So he's going to have safety help over the top. And so he's just kind of squatting. He's not really worried, uh, about the vertical route as much gets hands on. I mean, he's right there and just can't bring it in. And so, yeah. uh, but it, it, Hey, at least, you know, that's, he was going to have a couple Davis mills was, it was bound to happen. That's just kind of who he's been throughout this entire season. They capitalized on one that turned into a touchdown drive on on a relatively short field. I think it was like a 50 something yard uh, drive that they had to go after that. So, I mean, again, you set in set up your offense in good field position and and good things are typically going to happen there. And so I think, yeah, overall, the defense was very much the, the type of performance that we really expected against this team. Yeah. How was Ambry Thomas overall? Because I think that pick six was good. It seemed like and, and it seemed like. Over the last couple of games, he's gotten also incrementally and progressively just a little bit better, um, and and that's good. I mean, it's an it's another it's another thing like the whole hey, you know what? Get get them reps, and, and maybe they'll actually develop. And who knows what it's going to mean for Ambry Thomas's career as a whole? I mean, we've seen someone like Akella Witherspoon come out and play really well his rookie season, and then never be able to get back to that level consistently again. Um, and so, you know, what did you see from Ambry Thomas in this game, especially considering the fact that he almost had uh, a pick six? Yeah, I think first look uh, certainly looked positive. Um, you know, I, I think there weren't any really glaring plays um, that stood out. I think the other side kind of got, you know, a bit more attention. Obviously, Norman getting beat, uh, finally getting bad. Like, I guess finally did. We, we've gotten enough games without him, uh, you know, forcing a fumble that we can finally stop overlooking all of the, the bullshit he's doing from a coverage standpoint. But they went after, you know, Dante Johnson over there. Uh, as well so he he didn't feel like he was getting attacked quite as much as he'd been in previous games um so we'll kind of see you know as we do a little rewatch there and and what that looked like uh on a play-to-play basis when he wasn't being thrown at but yeah I thought overall uh what we did get to see from him was good He, he came up and made some nice plays in the run game you know made some nice tackles around the line of scrimmage there which I think was positive uh you know in some situations where he had to get up in the run fit so uh, yeah, I, I think uh, first impressions from this game, at least, is is certainly trending more positive. 
All right, well, let's get to the quick hits because this was a, a week where the 49ers were going to be able to clinch a playoff spot if some things broke their way, but things did not break their way. So first and quick hits, as it has been the last few weeks, is a playoff odds update. Uh, playoffs? Because the playoff odds actually went down today, which is not great for the 49ers. They were at 75, 76% coming into this week. Now they're at 63% according to 538, and that is because the Eagles won and the Saints won. And those are the, the this is the most likely scenario, which is the, the team having kind of a three-way tie with the Eagles and the Saints. And while they hold a tiebreaker over the Eagles, they do not hold one over the Saints. In fact, they lose to the Saints on a conference record tiebreaker. And because they are going to, you know, it, the Niners basically do control their own destiny. They win and they're in. But if they lose against now a Rams team that seems to be playing for uh, maybe the division uh, and maybe that number two seed is now really going to be trying to go all out this final week. The Niners are going to be facing that Rams team. And if they lose and the Saints and the Eagles win, the Niners are out of the playoffs. They're at home. They're watching the game. They, they, you know, the, you can think about all the mistakes that happened. You can think about, you know, the two games to Seattle, the game against Colt McCoy, the, you know, kind of at the end against Aaron Rodgers, the Colts game. All of those things come down to where the Niners are today. And that's, you know, having to, to beat a formidable Rams team or get some help from the Saints and uh, and the Eagles. Yeah, I, I think, you know, uh, obviously this is a game uh, against an opponent that they've had some success against, you know, it is going to be on the road, which, you know, always is, is a little less comfortable than when you get a play at home though, maybe not for the 49ers and, and Levi's, I guess. But, uh, yeah, it, it does at least seem like the Rams are going to have something on the line, right? I think, uh, it, it basically they're playing for a home playoff game, right? Like if they were to lose and we assume that Arizona will be able to handle business against Seattle next week, um, that would mean that they would fall down to the five seed, right? They would lose that home playoff game in the first round. And so that's certainly going to be something that's important for them. And they're not going to, you know, kind of lay off and, and rest guys or, or do anything like that. So I think we're going to get, uh, you know, the Rams best shot, but I mean, it is nice to know that they control their own destiny, right? They can go win a tough game on the road. This is something that playoff teams need to be able to do, uh, you know, against good competition. And so I think, uh, yeah, it, I mean, in essence, right. It's just the playoffs are starting now for the 49ers. Yep. Like this is a, a win in and move on type of game and it's against good competition. And I, I think like ultimately if they were to lose this and, and all the other stuff happens that pushes them out, um, you know, I don't know that they really deserve to, to get in or it was going to be a short stint in the playoffs anyway. Right. I think is kind of how you look at it. So yeah, ne next week might as well just be an extended wild card. Kyle Shanahan saw your 18-game season and said, no, <laughs> I'm still playing 17 weeks, and I've got my one wildcard playoff game in week 18, and that's that. I mean, that's basically what it is. Yep. Interestingly enough, if this were a 17-game season, the Niners would have clinched a playoff spot today. They would be the sixth seed, and they would be playing uh, a wildcard game uh, next week. So, you know, that's, I mean, look, you can look at it in any way you slice it. The Niners are playing the number of games that they should play. <laughs> um it, this game it seemed like ref luck was on the 49ers side because talking about that marcel harris interception oh boy that was certainly not forward progress that looked like an absolute fumble and i like 
I was absolutely screaming at the TV. I'm pretty sure I scared my daughter. Absolutely. Like she ran to her mom because I was thinking like I was like, you've got to be kidding me. Even when Marcel Harris does something good, he still finds a way to screw it up at the end. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I just started laughing, honestly, like because it was just it was perfect. Um, And you hit that David Newman discord emoji meme. (laughs) Yep, exactly. Like, man, it was uh it was a a very fortunate call put it this way like uh and then it was like look i think a lot of people would then point to to the previously mentioned pass interference call against Ayuk because the flag came out so late but the timing of the flag doesn't change what the play was and it was a flag the entire way it it was they didn't get lucky there it was just it took the fucking ref a little bit to come to his senses and and understand what happened i guess and get the flag out of his pocket but uh yeah they they certainly um, got some of the bounces that they needed in this game, right? Which hasn't always been the case, but it, for, for today, that was uh, what they were able to go with. They did not get the fumble luck, though. And this was a game where they forced uh, at least two or three fumbles that I can remember. I mean, Warner uh, forced one. You've got the defensive line who forced one. When Jordan Willis just, man, they forgot to block one guy, the end man on the line of scrimmage, and he just came completely free at Davis Mills, forced a fumble, and the Niners were not able to pick that one up either. Um, so they had a little bit of luck on the ref side. They didn't. They, they have not had fumble luck all year. They haven't yeah. had fumble luck at all all year. It's uh, it's not great. But one of the other and the kind of like news of the weird from this game, we've got an 11 year old child who ran up to Kyle Shanahan and apparently, uh, uh, according to Kyle Shanahan, apparently this kid just like whispers in an 11 year old voice and is like, "Hey, it's Kyle Shanahan." Like and, and he was spooked out by it, and he said, it "Scared the hell out of me." Yeah, if an eleven-year-old kid just walked up and whispered, "Like, hey, it's Oscar," I'd I'd be freaked the fuck out too. Yeah, did, I mean, did I just miss this? Did they show this on the broadcast, or was this just something that that came up after the fact? From I don't, it came up after the fact in the post-game presser, and and yeah, I just as security had to escort this kid out, and Shanahan said, "I wish I would have had the wherewithal to give him a fist bump for having the balls to run onto the field." That <laughs> <laughs> just like it's one of those things that that uh, is just completely unexpected. Like uh, it, it's, I was in the grocery store the other day. I was wearing for, my 49ers hat, and like. I don't get a lot of comments about being a 49ers fan here and it not was in Austin, like, Texas and it was pre this was like a, a pre Christmas grocery trip so it was like a fucking madhouse in the grocery store and I'm just like trying to find my way through and like one of the the store employees is like hey go Niners and I was just like so caught off guard I was like thanks <laughs> <laughs> and just like kept going I was like well all right moving on yeah uh, I, uh, and that's what when I was like when I was visiting the Bay Area and seeing my family for Christmas, I was uh, walking to walking out of a Phil's Coffee, um, which Phil's Coffee, by the way, fucking amazing. Love Phil's Coffee. Have to make the pilgrimage every time I'm back home. And uh, and I was I was wearing my red Shanna hat, and I walk I'm walking out, and one guy goes, "Go Niners!" And I was like, "Hell yeah!" Like this is the kind of stuff you don't get in Austin, Texas. Come on, give me that, give me that. <laughs> um, but Josh Norman, he was benched finally. After his pass interference, after his second pass interference, I, I he should not have another snap in a 49ers uniform at this point. You start the barnacle. The barnacle had a pass breakup on a drive that was a, a really good physical solid play. I feel like Adam Archuleta did a good job of, of kind of keying in on some of the stuff that the defensive backs needed to do, where they should have given help. Um, his, like his tone's a bit, it's a bit monotonous and morose for me, but... 
I do feel like the the quality of analysis that he was bringing was really good. And he talked about Dante Johnson getting like a good inside stab, getting a good hit, and then coming in, being physical, but not getting a flag, getting a pass breakup. Like, yes, Dante Johnson, you can do that and not get a flag. Josh Norman, never going to see, should never <laughs> see another snap again at this point. Hopefully, what ends up happening is the team ends up playing uh, Dante Johnson uh, and, or ends up, ends up playing Emmanuel Mosley and Ambry Thomas. Um, but I, I don't think that they're going to do that. I think they're probably going to sit Ambry Thomas and play whomever they're going to play on one side and, and then play Emmanuel Mosley on the other. Yeah, I mean, uh, would not be surprising, but it does feel like a mistake to because I, I think like, look, regardless of uh, the struggles that Ambry Thomas has had and, um, you know, we've talked about him a lot, you know, over the last couple of weeks while he's gotten some significant playing time. I, I certainly don't think you can make the argument that he is clearly worse than Josh Norman has been. Like the only Agreed. thing of value that Josh Norman has been bringing was a lucky run of force fumbles that was never going to continue. And I think beyond that, he has zero value to the secondary. And so I think, yeah, I, you would be, I think much better off going at least with even the barnacle, right? Like even if he's out there, I think that's, you know, a slight improvement, but I think, uh, I agree. I, ideally, when Mosley gets back, it's him and Thomas, I think, are, are the two best guys they can put out there right now. Totally agree. Don't know if the team will do it, but that's that's where we're at. Uh, and lastly, let's end up with just George Kittle being incredible. Because um, you know what? He didn't... I don't think he caught that ball. I think if, they, if there wouldn't have been P.I. on that play and they take the replay of the kind of the backside, you see the ball kind of hit the ground and move around a little bit. Does, doesn't matter, though. Like, the it's fact close. that that's even... The fact that that's even a question... That a tight end is basically, and he's done that before. The one hand, I mean, think about, he basically launched Nick Mullins' career because he one-handed a ball against the Raiders that ended up running for a touchdown. Um, he does this regularly, and he's just, he is incredible. He's so, he's hes just, it, it, he's one of the players that's like, it's a joy to watch. Even, like, there's always these beacons of light when you're watching the Niners, whether it's Trent Williams destroying whoever's on his path, or George Kittle doing stupid things, or Debo Samuel running through people. Like, there's always something on this team you can go to, um, and he's one of them, and he just reminded you, like, hey, I'm here. Like, don't, don't forget about me. Yeah, just, I, I mean, it involuntary noises occurred on that play um, when it was just like, <laughs> what is what is happening here? Like, just completely didn't, because you can see, like, there's that split second right before, right, where you see that he's getting, like, mauled, and so you just kind of expect it to sail over, and then he reaches up there and stabs at it and, and manages to bring it in, and, like, yeah, obviously uh, close there as to whether that was a legit catch or not, but... Wow. Yeah. I mean, it was the, the fact that he was even, even able to make it close, right. And, and get away with it, uh, I think was, was pretty incredible. Yeah. That's uh, we gotta, we gotta put that one in the bank involuntary noises. Uh, if ever the, if ever the, the pod needs to be rebranded, that's going to be up there uh, as one of the <laughs> options. <laughs> oh man. All right. Well, miners win. It's, it's basically the playoffs start now. So we'll get, uh, mm-hmm. we'll have our, uh, a playoff preview on Thursday where we'll talk about the the pre wild card, the play in tournament basically. <laughs> and and we'll and here we are. We you know, I've always said that this season's a little bit like the Warriors season where it's like making it to the playoffs is is the win. Like that's the season. And the Warriors similarly made it to a playoff to a play in tournament and ended up not making the playoffs due to them losing that the couple games in the in the play in tournament. And this would be an interesting corollary if the Niners aren't able to make it in. But uh, you can all follow me on Twitter at Better Rivals. David, tell me about the Patreon. Patreon.com slash Better Rivals. Get there. 
we're near the end of the season, man. We've been putting in work all year. Support the pod. Buy us a beer. Check out all the great stuff. You get the live streams of the pod. You get the video on demand. If you can't catch it live, um, you get, you know, ad, hey, ad-free pods. If you don't like listening to those ads, you don't like skipping them, whatever, Patreon. Um, and then, of course, the, uh, the, the weekly video breakdowns, the Discord channel, all that great stuff. Hit us up. Buy us a beer. There are over 300 of you crazy people who have purchased us beers. Uh, and that is pretty, pretty awesome. So thank you to all of you who have purchased our alcohol over the course of the year. Uh, we'll have another video um, talking about what well, probably going to be Trey Lance this week, right? Like, I mean, I mean, I it's, like... uh, it's certainly the leader in the clubhouse. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll do another video about Trey Lance, uh, kind of check in on some of his performance, put some pictures to the words, uh, and then we'll, uh, we'll talk about the mini plan here against the Rams uh, on Thursday. Uh, and then that'll be, I don't know, maybe one more week, maybe not, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. Thanks for tuning in. And as always, go Niners. Go Niners.